Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Football is back in full swing, and even though you might not be at the game this year, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is the online casino as well that never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Check out the Hog Talk Podcast, the newest addition to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Find it on hitthatline.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe and Hit That Line Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorback, Chuck Barrett. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Highly Questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and the <laughs> former heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback Baseball and the Ladybacks. Razorback Nation, welcome into a bonus episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. I'm Kyle Sutherland alongside Porter Hayes, and we are joined by one of our favorite guests, Coach Mike Neighbors of the women's basketball team. And Coach, the last time we had you on was about a month ago, right before the season has began. There's obviously been quite a bit of great things that have happened for you guys here in the last month or so. Just talk about the ride that it's been in this past 30 days or so. Well, just first of all, leading the country in games played right now. That's a that's a number we're really proud of because we haven't had a game canceled for, uh, you know, COVID protocol. Our kids have been very diligent um, and adaptive to a lot of new things. So just simply the fact that we've got to play all our games is, is huge. And then, you know, the way that the outcomes have gone and the way we've learned and grown and challenged ourselves, uh, man, if, if you would have told me, you know, back in the middle of July that we'd be sitting at, at seven and one with, uh, and our, you know, the net, whatever in the top five in the country, I just said, let's fast forward and take that. So everything's good. There's still a lot of work to be done with, and you know, you can never, uh, never escape the potential that COVID can shut you down. So we're trying to stay diligent in everything we're doing. Coach, just talk about, the, I really want to point out like Chelsea, because it seems like she's a totally different player mentally this year. I, I listened to the press conference, and it's like she has that poise and that that dog. I, I was on a, with Pat, and we were talking about just she's mentally become a leader and just kind of talk about that and how she's really seemed focused this season. Well, I think a couple of things, you know, the maturity of, of going through uh, adversity on and off the court uh, helps gr- make you grow up, I, I think having Kelsey Plum around to be a voice, to be able to talk to our kids in times like that uh, are incredibly valuable. Uh, and you combine those two things together with, uh, you know, Chelsea being very, very mature, uh, taking on a, a big leadership role. I, I, I told a funny story, and I may have told you guys already, but I don't think on here, but about uh, four weeks into the season, we were in a really tight scrimmage, a really competitive 
drill, and she called a foul on herself. And, like, we literally had to stop practice. We were like, wait, <laughs> what just happened there? Did Kelsey did, – did Chelsea call a foul on herself? Like, none of the coaches called it. She's the person that they, she ever fouls. Yet, she called a foul on herself. She fouled Alana Eaton, which was even, you know, crazier because Alana gave, gave them a chance to win the drill, which they did. But, and she said, Coach, I just, it's a new leaf, new leaf this year. Uh, and it has been. You know, you can, you can tell she's got her step back. She's, you know, uh, back in, in really, really good shape. She's been really taking care of her body. And it's, it's really shown in, in not only uh, how confident she is, but also in her performance. And coach, the only setback that y'all have had this year was a so far was a was a really really good Maryland team, and um, you know going into that game against Florida Gulf Coast, y'all you, you were able to close that out, and then you you play a, a ULM team that was just you know they were down from from COVID, their their numbers I know were uh, they they had, have enough to obviously fill the team, but just in a really tough spot. Yeah. After that game, uh, you know what was the mindset going into the Baylor game? I mean, I, I just I, I've noticed throughout in various sports. I just kind of have that feeling like, you know, I, I think we're going to win this. I felt like that against LSU in 07 when Arkansas yeah. football team beat them. There's, there's basketball games where I felt like that. I felt like that with you guys. I, I truly can honestly say that. What was it like in the locker room? What did you tell them right before they went out against a very, very good Kim Mulkey-led team? All I wanted them to know is where they were going to go celebrate. I said, hey, I, you know, the game plan's in the book. We're ready for that. I said, all I want y'all focused on – for the, for the next hour and a half, this was way, way early. This was really at pregame uh, time, like right before we left to, to come back for the game. I said, I, I want y'all spending the next part of your day playing on where you're going to celebrate because it's going to happen. You guys are ready. We went down there. We, we played four games in five days, culminating in Maryland, you know, which wasn't the most brilliant strate- strategy ever by, employed by a coach to play uh, the best team on your schedule to date, you know, after a four-game and five-day stretch. But that prepared us. You know, Wake Forest is going to be an NCAA tournament team. They turned around and knocked off Missouri State in that tournament. Um, and, and then Florida Gulf Coast, you know, they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. So that tournament combined with the comeback game, and, and you know, kind of a get well against Monroe, by game at home, I, I think we were primed and ready. And, and I, like you, Kyle, I felt the same way all day. And no, not only all day – but I've kind of felt like that since we got the game scheduled. Uh, and I'm not – I mean, I, again, I'm not saying that just because we won. But I felt like based on where we were at, that we would have a chance at home, uh, COVID or no COVID, um, style play-wise and matchup-wise, to, to have a really good chance to knock those guys off. And, and I think after watching us play, you know, I think if we played that game at home ten times, I, I think we probably win at eight or nine. I felt like we controlled it. Uh, now, obviously, neutral sighting on the road, I'm sure they'll have a, a different uh, maybe theory as to what they were thinking. But our kids were confident. Coaches were confident. And I think our crowd expected to win. You could just sense it that day. There was something really cool happening, and it just – it all came together. Uh, and that's one of those special – that's one of those special days that kids talk about for a long time. Yeah, and coming into the game, it, I kind of compared it to last year's Texas A&M game where there's really a lot of hype coming into the game and how they handled it. But when I was watching the game, I could tell the guard play for Baylor just wasn't up to par w- with your guard play. And I knew then, I was like, okay, we have a chance to win this game. And the only thing really, and I mentioned this on the show with Pat, was 
the only thing really they had success in was a little bit of run in the third quarter, and then they were able to dump down the ball. But once you got Egbo in foul trouble, and it's like the guards took over the game. Yeah, and, it, you know, it gives us a puncher's chance playing that way, you know. Um, you know, they were wanting to play a really compact game around the basket, and there for a while, their, their second shot of the possession was better than their first shot. You know, it was it got to a little bit of a chunk and chase situation, which is not our style, but if you'll go back and look, we only gave up three offensive rebounds in the second half, and and that was the difference. They they were they were shooting it, but only three times did they get a better shot than their initial shot. Whereas in the first half, we you know we had given up like seven or eight of those, so um, that was the difference. And a lot of that had to do with a couple. Jalen Mason got a lot of rebounds off the floor, and then Marquisha Davis came in in that third quarter uh, and and tipped a couple of balls away and went and laid it in and. Um, just really, to me, you know, their their effort coming up with loose balls, those 50-50 balls led to led to easy baskets for us. Then we got confident and, and just started driving it right at them, and, and we lived at the foul line and late in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Uh, Phil Elson went back and did some research and found that it was the most free throws ever shot against the Kim Mulkey team at Baylor. So, you know, that's, that's saying something based on a team that's got three national championship banners hanging up in their gym. Hey, Coach, we'll switch over to uh, to your game coming up on Saturday uh, against uh, the Little Rock Trojans. Now, uh, now this after you guys play the Trojans and UAPB on the 21st, that's going to be, what, three in-state games and eight? I know, like you said, y'all played a lot of games already, but that's going to be three in-state games here in the last eight days or so. But we'll, we'll touch on you and Foley now. You know, two Arkansans, Joe grew up in, in Harrison, you growing up in Greenwood. And it, he's got a pretty unique situation because he's – what I think he's around 760. I know he's in the 760s in the wins. I can't remember the exact total, yeah. but the whole entire time he's been at Tech, at Arkansas Tech, and UALR has stayed there. I know they prefer Little Rock. Yeah. That's where my degree's from, so I probably better respect <laughs> that. Yeah. But but uh, we'll, we'll start with. I know that you were a, a high school coach in Cabot and Bentonville. Did you ever cross paths much with him, like during his oh, yeah. time at uh, the, in recruiting? Talk about a couple of those. Well, so. a couple of different ways. One, it goes back to when I was a, a player uh, at Greenwood High School. Growing up, I used to go down to Coach Widener's camps, and I'd have Coach Foley as a position coach uh, as a player. Um, and then when I started as a young coach, we always went to Tech team camp. Uh, he always put on one of the best team camps and he really took good care of us and um, uh, just just made us feel really at home with bringing our high school teams down there. So I continued to do that all the way up until, in fact, it was one of the last camps I ever took my teams to as a high school coach. Um, then we've been on the golf course a bunch uh, and have become, you know, he's been somebody I really, really respected, uh, you know, and, and relied on for a lot of things. Just set up, you know, go sit next to him on the road and pick his brain uh, while we're recruiting. Uh, and then now that we're, I know I, I still can't call myself a colleague of his. Uh, it just does not sound right. But to, to be able to play these games against him, it started out last year and play in Simmons. And then now, you know, when the men decided not to play in Little Rock this year, that kind of put our game in jeopardy a little bit because it had always been part of a doubleheader. Uh, but uh, we didn't hesitate. We're going to go play him at Jack Stevens. And I know a lot of people don't like to play there. Uh, we may find out why on Saturday afternoon. We'll see. But, um, you know, I just think it's a game that we have to continue to have. It, it's a great game for our state, for players in our state to see all the different uh, geographic regions and differences that each of our schools present and opportunities for them to stay in state and play. So um, 
we would I, I probably wouldn't have done it if um, you know if Coach Foley weren't there, if it had been somebody that might not understand uh, what the game means. But Coach Foley and all his uh, staff and players uh, respect the the rivalry, and we both know that it's good for the state and good for women's basketball. Um, I've tried to take the pressure. I, I've tried to tell everybody we're going to lose this game some point in time. I say it every <laughs> chance I get, we are going to lose uh, one of these in-state games uh, because you, you do. You can see it the other night with UCA. There's just a different uh, preparation when it becomes in-state, and, and we're going to lose one of these at some point in time. But I, I, it won't shy away from us continuing to play them because it's really, really good for for our our particular sport. I, I, it may not work for every sport. It may not work for men's basketball. Uh, everybody's unique in that, but for us, uh, it's a game that that we look forward to playing every single year from now on. Well, and if you do end up losing that at some point, it's not going to be the end of the world. Coach Van Horn lost to them three, yeah. two or three years ago, like 17 to seven. Nobody yeah. talks about that anymore. And and I just bring that up because, you know, we always, and I'm not trying to open up a whole new can of worms, no. but you talk about the in-state competition and it's like, well, you know, one school has enough, one, something to gain, the other doesn't. Uh, while I see some of that argument, you know, like there's different th- different ways to it, but at the end of the day, especially like it's just you know it's kind of like water under the bridge it's just you know the people yeah. will knock you every once in a while and then it's then it's done but uh but now i see where you're coming from on that um and so have you guys had any uh, any like recruiting battles you don't have to go into details about that but you know i mean he's just you guys two in-state coaches and and again from right. here have a have a pipeline to this state has it has it happened yet we we have not been necessarily what i'd say head to head i'm sure we like similar type players but um you know, it's we have not been head to head. We haven't had any disagreements, or that's usually where rivalries get started. Is in scheduling. <laughs> oh, excuse me. It's not COVID. Not COVID related. Just <laughs> um, bless you. Yeah, thank you. It um, you know it, you know rivalries usually get started through recruiting or scheduling gone awry or something like that. But we um, the only thing I could think that we would get cross on. I had a downhill putt one time for par from about four feet and he made me put it. I wasn't too happy about that, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll work that out the next time we get on the course, but no, nothing, nothing head to head. Um, you know, and I, and it's, it's too, uh, it, it will happen. You know, I, I think eventually it will happen because uh, he goes after the best kids in the state, just like we do in the surrounding areas. And uh, you know, there'll be a time that it comes down to the two schools, but it hasn't yet. Talk about the respect that you have for the coach and how it's trickled down to the players because it seems like the players are coming into this game a lot differently than, say, the UCA game or the UAPB, the UAPB game. Is that because y'all have already played or is it because they know their program? Oh, I think both. Uh, I think, you know, I, I know this. I mean, there's a lot of people that wanted Coach Foley to be the coach at Arkansas. I mean, it was on the message boards and – it was talked about openly in the Democrat Gazette and a lot. I, I read it because I was following it for years and years and years. And I think our kids know that. Um, they also know that UALR, the reason they know this is because I reminded them all the time. They've been to the NCAA tournament more times in the last 10 years than we have. So that's how I think we build that in that this, we built it in last year. You know, this, go down, when we get down there, look at the banner. Look at that banner up there and how many times they've been to the NCAA tournament. And that gets their attention pretty quickly. Um, not to mention, I mean, if you look at last year's end of the game score, it looks like it wasn't competitive, but that game was really close. Uh, there were it was uh, it was deep into the third quarter until we finally went on a little run that created any any comfortable separation. So 
our kids remember that. They know that, you know, we played well in the third and fourth quarter to do that. So um, they, our kids have not had to be uh, motivated or inspired this week. It's, it's a matter of, of making sure we're ready to play uh, coming out of finals. And, and then again, unique travel. We're going down the day of the game. Uh, you know, we're not going to Little Rock the day before, and, and we'll load up in a couple of buses to ensure COVID um, social distancing and, and head to Little Rock uh, early Saturday. Now, Coach, all these years I've followed uh, Coach Foley and UALR just growing up. I've, I've not really heard a whole lot of interviews from him or really dug into really his exact coaching philosophy, but is, is he much of an analyst? I know you and I have talked about analytics some. Is, is he much into that, or is he kind of more old school? Uh, he's definitely more old school, but he's going to use every resource that's out there. I think he looks at it a little bit more uh, than he probably uh, shares with everybody, but uh, he's changed with the times and that's why he's continued to be successful. You don't win uh, that many games over that many uh, different generational types of players. You know, he's coached a lot of different generations and his style is, uh, is very, very uh, successful. Kids know exactly what, uh, they, they are in for when they sign up for a Joe Foley coach team. He's going to coach every single possession, um, and he's going to teach you how to play. He's not going to teach you a bunch of plays. He's going to teach you how to play, and then you got to go out and do it. Uh, and if you talk to any of his former players, they all leave with more respect, and it just continues to grow over the years because of how he's gone about doing things. Uh, you know, I've, I've just really respected the fact that he's been true to the state there's been other programs come in from other areas that have, you know, tried to lure him away, but he, he's built that Little Rock program uh, into one that, you know, whoever, whoever tries to come in next has got, got quite a legacy to try to live up to, that's for sure. I kind of want to touch on, you know, the last two games against SMU and UCA, two games that you were expected to kind of win handily. The girls come out on fire you know, how much is that going to help coming into a game like this that they didn't take a, a lesser opponent, you know, take advantage of? And they really were all about business. That's comforting, uh, but it does not carry over at all. I, I've learned that over the years. It's good to know that we, we've got it in us, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it can't creep up on us. Um, you know, there's just so many other circumstances and variables to bring into this. They, they've just been fried because of the finals. Uh, that they've been going through. So they're going to be in a different place mentally. Um, you know, the, the other part is the busing down there the day of the game. You know, it's been a while since those kids have probably got off a, a bus and walked into a gym and played that day. Uh, but I think that's something we have to do to continue to be consistent with our, our COVID protocol. So um, it won't carry over, but I am comforted to know that it, it worked at SMU. We traveled there the day of the game. And then came back and, and took on a, you know, a, a UCA team that, that very much wanted to come into our place and get out of there with the win. But we, we stayed very, very focused uh, on, on what we talked about doing. Um, and it'll be interesting to see whether we can uh, handle finals uh, in a trip uh, on the bus down there uh, against those guys. They're starting to really play well. They've already beaten Vanderbilt at home. They played Coach Blair and them really, really close for three and a half quarters. Uh, and just beat a, West, a really, really good Western Kentucky team. You know, we'll throw in something else. We're recording this today. I don't know when it's going to air, but, you know, they play UCA tomorrow night. Uh, so it'll be, net, it'll be human nature for our kids to compare scores. You know, they're going to look at that box score and see what UCA did against UALR. And, uh, you know, we'll have to either 
that, that can either serve as motivation or it could be something we have to address uh, the next time we get to back together as a full team as well. And I, you talked about UCA and, and uh, UALR playing. Now, I was going to bring up my next point. You know, we talked about Coach Foley being at UALR all these years and then mm-hmm. you being at your dream job now. And I want to talk about Sandra Rushing, a lady that I have just an immense amount of respect for. She did a lot, has done a lot of great things for the Sugar Bears. She was there when I was at UCA. So I, I said I got my degree from Little Rock. I did. That was where I took my victory lap, but I did spend okay. most of my time at UCA. But, okay. you know, with that, with with you and Coach Foley and, and her and Coach Rush, some of the I guess what do we have five division one schools in the state are y'all I know you said you got a good relationship with coach Foley do you do you share ideas also with coach rushing and and UAPB at Arkansas State is it how often do you all speak I I talk to Matt more and I talk to Don I've not talked as much to coach rushing Um, you know we had Alexis Tolfrey that transferred here and we had some uh, some things we had to deal with with UCA there uh, also UCA was my dream job. I really wanted that job when she got it. Uh, I didn't make any uh, bones about it. I was at Xavier at the time and, uh, I had, you know, all of the, the right people call coach Blair and everybody calling and I, I couldn't get an interview down there because Brad Teague had his mindset. That it was going to be Sandra rushing. So, uh, we've actually gotten to be uh, more friendly over the years, but she's not somebody I talk to uh, and share ideas with or, or, or or bounce things like that off of, but, but we've been at a couple of clinics together. And I think uh, I've obviously got a lot of respect for what she does. Um, and I used to, when, you know, coach Schaefer was the head coach at Arkansas tech. Uh, That's right. Back in the day. So That's I right. used to, I used to go down and sit in the stands at Arkansas tech yeah. and I may have, I may have screamed a little too hard for Arkansas tech a couple of times during that Delta <laughs> tech rivalry to, to, to get on her Christmas card list. But, uh, I've got respect for and what she's done there at UCA, and it's a really, um, you know, I, I know that over the years they that they've been to a lot of NCAA tournaments too, I, probably as many in the last ten years as Arkansas has. So I, I know it's a matter of time before before they're back in the NCAA tournament. And if you haven't met Don Brown yet at UAPB, it's a matter of time there too. She is a ball of energy. Um, she's going to get uh, attract uh, a, a different. Um, a different caliber of player. Uh, they've always had good kids at UAPB, but she's getting ready to get some players too. She brought the Kenderson kid in who's led the country in scoring or been near the top of the last couple of years down in Texas. So um, I, I think it's really a matter of time before all five programs are, you know, contending in their leagues and uh, we'll, we'll continue. We've got four year deals with all these guys starting next year. So this is not a, a one year uh, thing because of COVID we're, we're going to be playing, in-state schools for the foreseeable future. Well, Coach, we really so we appreciate talk about you. that. You oh. talked about it at the press conference. Y'all kicked around the idea of having kind of like an in-state showcase. And um, yeah, how cool would it be to really show off all the schools, you know, Arkansas State, Little Rock, UAPB, and Arkansas? I mean, that would be really cool to really show off the women's teams in, in the whole state of Arkansas. Yeah, we, we've talked about a variety of things, you know, maybe getting together – uh, and rotating campus sites every third or fourth year in this thing to, to keep it fresh, to keep it new. You know, it's a, it's a unique deal with Arkansas State and Arkansas Little Rock being in the same league. So, you know, we have to – but uh, I can see us, you know, it, I can see somebody coming up with a, a state championship trophy or something, you know, uh, based on, you know, like <laughs> Philadelphia has the big five. They all play each other every year and they have, they have big five awards and things like that. that 
you know, that could be something that we look to do uh, as, as we now see how these first couple rounds go, uh, you know, play each other for a few years, make sure it's still, it's got to be good for everybody. It can't just be good for one school. Uh, it's got to be good for everybody. And, and when you get that going, that's when some of these things come up, but I, I think it'd be neat for us to find a, a location. And even if we didn't play each other, have a, have a, have a day uh, of, of exposure for, uh, all the grassroots programs and high school and junior high and little leagues, all those teams to come to one spot and uh, get a chance to see all five of us either playing against each other or some combination of outside opponents. Yeah, get that one more Division One school and then we can even it out and do a do a little <laughs> mini mini bracket tournament. Yeah, yeah. I, I know if Coach Horton were still coaching at uh, West Stark or Arkansas Fort Smith, he'd be trying to find his way into that thing too. Yeah. Oh, in- I could tell you a story about Horton. Oh, uh, <laughs> somebody. See, I went to Connor State. I went to Connor oh. State, and yeah. we played West Stark. It was like our big rival. So Doc Sadler got kicked out of the game, got ejected. So in the old gym, the his office was right there on the floor. Yeah. So Doc Sadler was peeking through the mini blinds coaching the plays to Horton and Horton was playing the game. They come back and beat oh, us. Yeah. And like, you know, it was, that, that's one of the funniest stories about Doc and Horton. Oh yeah. I, I, I've heard that story told very, very many times. There's uh, <laughs> there's, there's lots of stories involving those two guys. That's for sure. <laughs> well, coach, we uh, always appreciate your time. It's always hey, great talking with you. I think this is about the uh, fifth yeah. or sixth, about the fifth time. And it's, you know, it's funny. You always talk about, how it's like right around the time of a uh, like a, an important show. You know, you came on right after the hundredth. You're yeah. on like two episodes, I think, before one fifty. All right. Yeah. So it's a uh, another milestone. You know, like you said, you've been here from the beginning. And, you like a patch so. or something? Yep. Uh, no. We got we got you a punch card. We're gonna make a punch, a punch card. Punch card. All yeah, right. it's going to be in the shape of an oven mitt, and for uh, every show, <laughs> yeah, that we do it that way. After I've been on seven, but, I get to do one. Of, I, I get to host one and ask you guys questions. Yes, yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. Hey, that's my that's my favorite too because what I'll do is I'll have you edit it as well, and I can just sit back and talk, just talk some sports. <laughs> I don't think we want any part of me being in charge of editing. <laughs> Coach, so, before we go, I do want to bring yeah. up something, and, and I wanted to go back to the Baylor game and one of the coolest moments. I, not many people got to see it because after the press conference or after the game, a lot of the press have went on away. But I noticed that you got to see your boy after the game, and he was up at the tunnel, and I was walking out. And just your face, I mean, how much did that mean to you, getting to share that moment with him after the game? Well, he, he's still in that mode. He, he doesn't know whether we win or lose. He's just happy <laughs> to see me. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that was a cool thing. It'll be, um, it'll be something that I – it'll be easy to remember – uh, which one was his, uh, you know, that. And then the other part of that day was Amber Shirey's 600th win as a Razorback. Yep, definitely. You know, y'all, y'all need to get Amber on here sometime and talk to yes, her. Yes, definitely. Just, um, you know, 600 wins as a Razorback. As a player, uh, some form of a coach, um, administrator. Um, you know, I, I, I said this to somebody, to put it in perspective, Coach Richardson's got a court named after him. They've got he's got 397. Okay, so that 600 is a massive number as a Razorback, um, and we just you know we we wouldn't be doing what we're doing without Amber. So that day you mentioned Bowen, yeah, uh, it's it's a yeah. lot of cool firsts for us this year. But him being there was uh, was extra was extra special. 
Well, and that's a lot of firsts for, for all of us, you know, just when we, yes. we talked about for the last two or three times you've been on here, it's, it's a first season with COVID for your, for your players, for us as fans, for you as a coach, um, as, as Chris Young from uh, the head coach at Greenwood high school, you know, I cover high school football. As he said, uh, you know, one of the questions that I asked him was just the typical, how has this season been, you know, your first season after taking over for a legend and Rick Jones, and then get making it back to state. He said, man, you know, there's no playbook for, for COVID. And I thought that that was just a a quick, easy way to sum it up. And, and coach, you know, I'm not trying to get, sentimental or anything here but you know yeah. your your you, what your team has done is just really and what coach Muss has been able to do through his early part of the season it really has just uh it's been a breath of fresh air for Razorback fans you know it's great to see your hard work and your girls work pay off you know to the point especially you know we can't talk about that number four win yeah. enough I know you I know y'all yeah. are pretty much over it by now right oh, no. oh, no, okay. well still yeah, celebrate still but, celebrating but, but at least oh, moving on to, to UALR <laughs> but but you know, it's just been it's 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 truly an honor to for us to cover you guys. Um, it, it truly yes, is. definitely. And, uh, you know what Porter started and what we've been able to continue is just um, it's truly an honor. And so yeah. again, we, we always appreciate your time. And, of course. and uh, yeah, definitely. And so we'll be appreciate we'll be talking it. to you down the road. But uh, yeah. as as of course you move into SEC play here, we wish you nothing but the best of luck. Appreciate yes, sir. That. Happy holidays. Yes, sir. You too. Ha- Yep, and that will do it for this bonus episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. Guys, thank you as always for listening. If you haven't already, please be sure to hit that subscribe button. You can find us anywhere you listen, Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We are there. For Porter Hayes, Coach Mike Neighbors, my name is Kyle Sutherland. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.